0: Gentlemen, welcome to Merlin Cast episode five. Today we are covering episode four of season four of Merlin. The episode is called Ayusa.
1: Aithusa.
0: Whichever one of those it is, we're really not sure. Uh Merlin kinda just mumbles it. So uh we're not anyways, too uh, whatever it is.
2: We're not too strong with pronunciation
0: of Druid language. Yeah anyways uh, we have a great show prepared for you today and we're looking forward to covering this episode my name is Aaron Millard
1: my name is Courtney Cattadella
2: and my name is Andrew Bracey.
0: okay we'll get right started with the news uh, there were't a whole lot of news stories but season 4 which what we're currently watching is now available on DVD in Merlin and in, in Merlin in the UK <laughs> Um it's not available in the U.S., and even if you live in the U.S. and you bought the U.K. version, it wouldn't work with your DVD player. They have this, like, weird format in the U.K., so... Um, but, anyways, for the U.K. fans, that's pretty exciting. Now they have their own home copy. Yes. Uh, also, I mean, there wasn't, like, any casting news or anything, but there was one interview um, some of the knights from Merlin did uh, with Click... Clack Television It is a news website for TV. Um, And there were some pretty funny moments in the interview. Um, One of the questions they asked was, is there anything in the upcoming episodes that the fans should be looking for that you would like them to see? And Tom Hopper, who plays uh, Percival, said, you should probably look to see how many hair flicks Ian Mackin does in an episode and he's talking about gawain of course <laughs> oh my gosh that's um, so funny and then Mackin responded who plays gawain with i think you should try to spot the episode where tom wears anything on his arms that would be epic <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking about percival which is pretty funny so there were some funny moments in that um That interview, and I'll attach a link to the show notes so that you guys can check that out if you want to. But there's definitely some funny stuff to look at there. Other than that, there weren't really any um, news stories though. So we'll go ahead and get right into the recap. I'll start it out. The episode starts with a scene where the druids are sleeping in the forest, and all of a sudden a rope uh, a rope lowers down um, and this guy, we don't know who he is, climbs down to their camp and he goes up to this chest and he breaks it open and he pulls out what looks to be part of a key um, and then he pulls another part of the key out of his pocket and forges the two pieces together. Uh, so that leaves us wondering what exactly could be going on there and then while he's doing that he senses someone's behind him and it turns out all the druids are watching him and it's really kind of creepy but they're just kind of like nonchalant watching him they're not really like like ready to attack him or anything like their leaders just kind of like chilling on the ground but uh so he starts running and this was actually i thought really well done while he's running like you just see the druids standing in the forest watching him as he goes and they're kind of like teleporting and keeping up with him and it's just pretty cool it's also kind of creepy
1: yeah i thought um, that was creepy
0: so yeah he's running away from them and he realizes there's no escape cuz he gets to uh the edge of like a i want to say it's kind of like a canyon but it's not a huge can it's it's like a gap in the earth what would you call that a gorge no eh, i don't know like a ravine Courtney? maybe like a
1: ravine i don't know
0: a ravine well said well said so he gets to a ravine uh which may be jumpable he's not sure yet so he grabs one of the druids and holds a knife up to their throat and, and the druid leader is like, This is not worth killing over, just hand it over. And he's like, No. So he throws the druid back at the guy and dives over the ravine. He just makes it. And then um, we fast forward to him on his horse looking at Camelot. So that foreshadows that the third part of this key, which we find out is called a Triskelion, um, is somewhere in Camelot. So the next, then we have our whole intro music. Um, I don't know if anyone noticed, and I maybe haven't brought this up before, but uh, the usual, usual intro at the very beginning of the episode, where they say, in a land of myth and a time of magic, um, the part where it used to say, the destiny of a great kingdom rests on the shoulders of a young boy, they voice over it, so it says oh, young man, I think that was just kind of to show that beautiful. Merlin's that growing
1: beautiful. up. It's
2: beautiful. It's amazing what one <laughs> word can
1: do. But
0: I, I it took me a couple episodes, Yeah. It took me a couple episodes to realize that uh, change, because I had to go back and watch an old episode to realize it, but it, it's interesting. So then the next scene is the thief shows up at Gaius' door. Uh, he comes in, and Gaius obviously knows him. Uh, we're not sure why yet, and he starts explaining to Gaius uh, how he has two parts of the Triskelion, and he needs the third, and he knows it's in the um, vault in Camelot, and Merlin, in the meantime, is listening through the door the whole time. But Gaius tells him he wants no part in it. Um, it's clear that this guy, we find out his name is uh, Julius Borden. Uh, it's clear that Borden has a bad past with Gaius. He left on bad terms, something about an execution. So I'm assuming that Borden was up for execution when he left. Um, and that caused some trouble to Gaius because he was like a student of Gaius. But Gaius wants nothing to do with helping him get the third part of the key and he tells them or he tells him not to bother, but uh Borden tells him he'll be in the tavern um waiting. I guess he's hoping that Gaius will end up helping him. So of course as soon as he leaves Merlin comes busting out of his room and he gets mad at Gaius for not helping him. Because Merlin as a dragon lord has a lot of strong feelings about dragons and he knows that there's a dragon egg now. Um I forgot to mention that. Uh, the Truskilian is supposed to open up a, what's the place called? Do you guys remember? It's a tomb. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, it is a um.
0: I don't remember. What's...
1: It's called the Tomb of Askenar. Tomb okay. of Askinar. Yeah. So
0: it's supposed to open up the Tomb of Askenar, which holds a dragon egg. I forgot to mention that. Um, which is the last dragon egg in the world besides the Great Dragon. He's that would be the only other dragon that could possibly be alive. So. Merlin obviously really wants this dragon egg to be um, freed. So Merlin decides to go to bed, um, and while he's in bed, he's not sleeping. He's thinking about what he should do. So when Gaius is asleep, he sneaks out and goes and talks to the great dragon. The great dragon tells him that he should um, go and get the egg because it's the last of his kind. Obviously the great dragon's going to be all for it. Why wouldn't he be? I don't even know why Merlin asked him, but... So he goes, and Merlin decides that uh, he should go and get the egg. So the next day, he sneaks into Borden's room at the tavern, um, but Borden is already one step ahead of him and, like, jumps after Merlin. So Merlin, he asks Merlin what he's doing there, and Merlin tells him he wants to help him. And they end up deciding to work together. So uh, Arthur isn't up yet, so Merlin goes to Arthur's room, and he goes to steal the key. Um, it's on the shelf. It's like an, on the bottom of a cabinet next to Arthur's bed. So he goes to steal the key, and um, he makes a little too much noise, and Arthur wakes up, and he's like, "Merlin, what are you doing?" And Arthur, <laughs> this is funny. Merlin was like, "Oh, I'm listening for woodworm. They're most active in the morning." And he's like, he starts putting his ear up to the cabinet and stuff like that, acting like he's <laughs> listening for. I guess there's a thing called woodworm, but um, and of course Arthur just looks at him like he's a total idiot. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that was a failed attempt by yeah. Merlin. Um,
2: so uh, la- later that day, though, when Arthur is in court, Merlin manages to use a little magic and uh, drop his pants, and uh, that's the opportunity. That's the perfect opportunity he gets to steal the key. And uh, later on, he meets up with Borden. And uh, he gets him into, uh, into uh, the basement below Camelot, where they're able to uh, get the key. Then uh, afterwards, when Merlin's back is turned, and he doesn't expect it, Borden, uh, Borden takes the opportunity to knock him out. And this is where we kind of see, you know, Borden, it, it seemed like, you know, he wanted to, uh, you know, Merlin took him on his word as far as his good intentions for going to get the egg but now we figure out, you know, Borden wants it all for himself, because he's just all around a selfish guy, and we see why guys didn't want anything to do with him. So, uh, Merlin, uh, realizing that Borden's gone, he hurries up to, uh, return the the key to Arthur, and, um, once again, Arthur's asleep, Merlin makes a little too much noise, and, uh, Fortunately, uh, he's able to grab a cup when Arthur wakes up and uh, hold it up to the hold it up to the uh, the bed the bed uh, God what do you call them? like the bed post headboard headboard Yeah, okay. And uh, he and then he pretends like he's listening to worms again. And Arthur, of course, uh, expresses a little bit of concern. You know, in the last episode, it took Merlin a good half an hour to pee supposedly, and now he thinks he's uh, hearing woodworms. So, uh, Arthur's, uh, and, and, of course, guys, has already told Arthur, he, uh, Merlin spends all his time in the tavern, so, all together, Arthur can't, uh, we, uh, it's amazing Arthur can take Merlin as seriously as he does sometimes, because, uh, he, Merlin hasn't really built a good reputation in front of Arthur, but that's a, that's a funny moment they have, and, um, then, right, right there, and then the alarm goes off, and, uh they head down to the fault and it turns out the last piece of the the key the um, triskelian triskelian what Triscillian. thank you tris yeah triskelian yeah that's missing and uh now Gaius, who's been a little suspicious here he confronts merlin and uh Mer- merlin tells him though that he um that he helped he helped borin get in and uh, of course Gaius isn't very happy but uh but uh, Merlin, Merlin tells him he he intends to go out and uh, find Borden, and um, but doesn't he tell Arthur as well who
1: has it or no?
0: I think Arthur already suspect. Well, I, they know that someone yeah. stole it. I don't. I actually, how does that go down? I don't yeah,
1: know. I think that he just knows that it's been stolen and that um, the person. Well, I think he just knows what the Triscalian does, which is release the last dragon, and that means that um, like. Oh, that's right. That means that, like, all of Uther's work would have kind of been undermined as far as, like, his, like, attempted, um, like, termination of all the dragons. So he wants Mm -hmm. to, like, you know.
0: And they know where the tomb is. Yeah, exactly. They know where the tomb is, so that's where they head to the tomb. Well, they actually, Uh they don't,
1: they don't, they don't know where the tomb is, they just track, um, Borden. Right. Oh, okay.
2: So uh yeah, Merlin he leaves Camelot with Arthur and with them goes uh Leon, Percival, Allian, and Gwen to uh, go after Borden. And because uh, Lancelot's hmm? dead. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so uh then uh while while they're camping out, uh, we see a little scene where uh, Merlin of course is uh making food for all the for all the knights. And, uh, of course, they all love it, so, uh, they're taking seconds and whatnot and, uh, stuffing themselves. And Arthur, he, um, he tells Merlin to go feed the horses. And, uh, he, when Merlin was just mm-hmm. about to take the last, what seemed to be the last bit of food for himself, so, of course, Merlin's like, oh, okay, fine. Then when he gets back, oh, look, no more, no more stew. So, uh, now, now he's getting a little ticked off. That's when Leon, Leon, Sir Leon, um, pulls a plate from behind his back, and, you know, funny little scene there. And, you know, it's just kinda, it just kind of kind of adds to the camaraderie between, uh, you know, all the knights and Merlin and stuff. And um, later on we see them uh, closing in on uh, Borden when uh, suddenly they, they're attacked. Borden fires on them with a crossbow, I believe, and uh, he, he, ma- he manages yep. to hit Percival. But then uh, Merlin disarms, uses magic to disarm him, and he. Um, and then he ends up running away, and that's the last they see of him for just a little while, though. Courtney.
1: Yeah. Gordy. Yeah, because um, right after that, as um, Merlin's kind of preparing, you know, no- yet another meal for the knights, um, Borden uses a slingshot, um, and like shoots a, um, bag of, like, drugs, I guess, maybe, like, I don't know, yeah, some, some kind, kind of druggy drug into their soup, and, um, it kind of puts them all to sleep and has some other bad effects, and, um, like, all the, um, knights have, all the knights have it except for Merlin, because obviously Merlin doesn't get to eat, because the knights don't feed him, and, um, So all of them fall asleep, and Merlin kind of comes back and realizes that they've been drugged, and, um, he, like, you know, heals them with a little bit of magic, and then he follows Borden, um, to the tomb. And, um, so Borden, you know, is climbing the tower, Merlin's climbing up after him, and, um, they eventually, you know, get into the tower, and, um, Borden is, um, like knocked out by like toxic fumes that have kind of been like a little booby trap thing, and uh, Merlin covers his face so, um, so he doesn't get knocked out. Um, Merlin goes into the um, throne room in the tomb and finds the egg, and the egg is this like really really big raindrop shape, and it's kind of like got a blue tint. It's sitting on a fancy stand. And up behind Merlin walks Borden. And Borden, you know, tries to sweet-talk him into giving him the egg. He's like, Hey man, if you give me the egg, you can be rich and powerful like me. And Merlin's not really having any of it. He just kind of wants to, you know, be a good dragon lord and save the dragon and release it. Um, And he... Merlin like forbids Borden, as a dragon lord, he forbids Borden to, um, um, like, he wants him to leave the egg alone, and he tells him that, um, but obviously Borden, being as greedy as he is, refuses to leave the egg alone, so Merlin knocks him out, and he takes the egg, and that causes the entire tomb to crumble, um, which is kind of scary, but Merlin has the egg outside, Borden's knocked out inside, so Borden obviously dies, and Merlin and the egg escape, and Merlin slips the egg into his backpack, and Arthur never suspects a thing, so, um, like, you know, when they get back to Camelot, Merlin and Gaius are sitting down, and Gaius is like, so, it's a shame you weren't able to, um, save the egg. That's a real shame. And Merlin was like, yep. That's, that's too bad there. Then he smirks, like Marlin does. Merlin's a smirker, and, um, he shows Gaius the egg, and, um, then goes out into the woods to release the dragon, and he talks to the great dragon, and asks him, you know, how does a baby dragon get born? And the great Dragon says that Merlin, as a dragon lord, has to summon him into the world by giving him a name. So, Merlin picks the name um, Hethusa. I'm just going to go with that. I don't speak fluent dragon lord, but that's okay. I'll get better. Um, and so, um... The, the the little dragon's born and it's really cute and it looks like absolutely adorable and it turns out that it's a what it's a white dragon and that's apparently um the name the name yeah I know I feel like I'm late sorry guys um the name that merlin gives him um means after oh it means the light of the sun um and The Great Dragon says that a white dragon is symbolic of um, good fortune for the future of Albion, as well as Martha and Arthur's future together. And that's where it ends off. Ta-da!
0: Well said, Courtney. So, we apologize if that part of the um, podcast sounds a little weird. We lost connection with Courtney. As we said last episode, her internet connection isn't the greatest. And fortunately last episode we didn't lose her at all. Yeah. Um but <laughs> it she's gone. Gonna be an issue for a while. So we're gonna keep going without her. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll do our best to fix the situation, but there's not much you can do with all college right. internet, so um next we have listener mail. Uh we had a submission from Patty mm-hmm. from Ohio mm-hmm. and she just had some comments on this episode. She said that she really liked the baby dragon uh, because it's so cute and it made her tear up. And also, she liked the fact that Merlin is standing up for himself a little bit more. She said that he hasn't been doing enough of this, in my opinion. Writers, if he's now a man instead of a boy, according to the opening voiceover, they have him. Oh, excuse me. According to the opening voiceover, then have him grow a pair and act like one. His conversations with Gaius, where he asked for advice but told Gaius where he stood, was a good step in that direction. Um. So she liked the fact that Merlin is starting to stand up for himself. I had to. I
2: to kind of agree with her. Uh, yeah, I. I'd, I'd like to. I like to kind of seeing Merlin, you know, develop and mature. Kind of, it kind of hand in hand with Arthur also, who, because Arthur's obviously had to. You know, take a larger role as King of Camelot, and so Merlin's kind of having to keep up with them as far as uh, you know, they're 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 both young men right now, and they're both they're they're both the ones right now who are running the kingdom essentially. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So. Thanks for the listener mail, Patty. Um. And hopefully. We can get some more submissions. If anyone has any comments about this episode or about next episode, feel free to email them into us. Uh, we'd be more than happy to talk about them. Um, next, we're gonna do a couple segments. We have some new ones this week. The first one is called Merlin Matchup. Merlin Matchup. What we're gonna do is take Merlin and put or another wizard or sorcerer from. Merlin and put them up against a, another um, fantasy character and kind of discuss who would who would fare better in a fight. So, Andrew, you can go ahead and go
2: Alright, um, yeah, for those of you who have ever listened, uh, read or watched uh, The Lord of the Rings, uh, obviously you'd be familiar with uh, the wizard Gandalf the Grey. Obviously later on in the series he becomes Gandalf the White. But in this particular instance, uh, we'd be putting Merlin up against Gandalf the Grey as a wizard. Um, Personally, in in my personal opinion, I think just because Gandalf is, uh, you know, he's been a wizard for a long time. uh, He obviously has a great deal of experience in wizardry. And, um, you know, I I just think, you know, the experience level he has battling, you know, different mythical creatures... And stuff like that that Merlin and that Merlin has in seeing. Obviously, Merlin's battle different creatures as well, but I, I wouldn't say on the scale Gandalf has. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm just gonna say right now that Gandalf would probably win. But uh, I'd encourage you listeners right now to, um, if you want to weigh in on this decision and uh, send send us um, what you who you think would win in a fight between Merlin and Gandalf the Grey. Uh, we'd, we'd be more than happy to uh, put our results up on the next episode, and uh, we'll decide. We'll, we'll decide then who would win.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you because he, Gandalf's obviously more of an experienced wizard, <clears throat> and he uh, he's had a lot more years on him. I feel like Merlin in the future could definitely have some more yeah. potential, um, but for now, Merlin I think is a little outmatched in that yeah. situation. I'm gonna go ahead and go with Merlin and this is uh, kind of typical but Merlin against Harry Potter I think that'd be interesting because they're both about the same age um, and I'm talking about Merlin in the series so they're both about the same age uh, I, they don't ever really say how old Merlin is but I'd have to assume he's around 19 or 20 yeah. um, that's just a guess though because he's about the same age as Arthur and that's what I'm assuming. I know, I know how old they are in real life, but anyway, um, so I would have to, this would be a tough matchup just because Harry, um, I don't know, if you've read Harry Potter, you'd see that a lot of the things he's done, I mean, he's good with magic, but there's a lot of situations where he kind of gets lucky and escapes, um, and has other people help him out. So, as far as putting raw magical skill up against each other, um... You look at Harry, Harry has to say his spells out loud and so does Merlin, so they don't have an advantage there. Harry uses a wand and Merlin doesn't, so I'd give Merlin an advantage because if Merlin knocks that wand out of Harry's hand, uh, Harry's defenseless where Merlin is very skilled and doesn't use a wand at all. So I'm actually going to give Merlin the upper hand in this situation. What do you think, Harry? I would
2: definitely have to agree with you. I think it would be pretty interesting to see how it would play out. I think it would be really close. Obviously because, you know, two young Wizards, uh, you know, both both in their prime. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think it'd be an interesting matchup. But uh, like you said, if Harry loses his wand, and he's he's been lucky quite a bit in a fight, <laughs> I, I just think that, n- not to say Merlin yeah. hasn't been lucky a few times, definitely when he's uh, called on the dragon for help, when he's been in some dire situations. But um, I would have to say, I, I still think Merlin... Just because, yes, they both have to say their spells. But Merlin, actually, if if you really pay attention to when Merlin performs magic, he doesn't always necessarily uh, say say stuff out loud when he uses magic. So, I don't know, I guess it would depend on the spell he's doing. Yeah. But Harry, of course, all the time, you see that uh, he, he always uh, has to pr- pronounce it out loud and then perform his spell. So, uh... Uh, so, both like I said, both very powerful wizards. But in the end, I'm probably gonna give the give it to Merlin. But le, but like I said uh, to you listeners, you know, definitely send us what you uh, mail in what you would think, whether it be an email or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And uh, let, let us know what you think, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll uh, announce the results next episode.
0: Absolutely, and we're also gonna do one other new segment called Futuristic Merlin. Um, this is just kind of more of a funny segment how it works is we'll take one important aspect of merlin and replace it with something in the future <laughs> so i'll do the first one just to kind of give everyone an example but i'm gonna say what would happen in merlin if all the swords that characters use were replaced with automatic weapons
2: wow <laughs> uh, I th-
0: um and I, I just have to say Just picturing it is pretty hilarious, because I can just see knights riding around with machine guns and just mowing down enemies. Um, (laughs) Guards have always been useless Uh in Merlin. Um, I think they might have a little more kick to them if they had some automatic weapons, but uh, (laughs) I also don't think they'd be too smart with them. (laughs) So I just thought that'd be funny. Um, I think it'd kind of make Merlin's magic... uh, Useless? I don't know. If someone shot at him, he's gonna have to be able to react with magic to stop the bullet, but the bullets travel so fast I think he's yeah, in trouble. Yeah. Um <laughs> So I just <laughs> if let's just say if Merlin was used was using if if the show Merlin was using guns instead of swords, uh I think the series wouldn't work at all. Definitely like it not. <laughs> It'd be more of a joke than yeah. anything. So uh that's just a little interesting tidbit. Uh, Andrew, go ahead. Do You have one. Um, yeah. Let me think. I, I'm I'm gonna try to do something that
2: might work in a, that wouldn't stand out quite as much as machine guns in Camelot. But uh, yeah, even though I thought that I thought that was an interesting one, I'm having that. And I, I'm I'm getting some last picture of that myself. But um, let's assume that uh, all, all of the um, all of the households in Camelot have. Microwaves, and uh, so, so <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you know, no, oh, no. Let's you know, what, let, oh, let let's expand that a lot. Let's let's assume they have electricity, working electricity in Camelot. So uh, all, all the local households have, you know, oh, well, they all have refrigerators and microwaves and ovens and stuff. Of course, the castles since they're the rich people up there, they're the only ones with cable TV. So, but everyone else just gets, you know, five or six channels. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think uh, life would definitely be a lot more pleasant on the part of uh, just, you know, the peasants and the serfs in Camelot. Um, But then it would also, but then as they got more dependent on it, that would create, that would definitely create another weakness for Camelot as a whole, because if, if someone wanted to bring the city to its knees, or the kingdom to its knees, they, all, all they'd have to do is uh, snuff out the power. And uh, then everyone. I feel like.
0: <laughs> I just feel like it kind of would ruin the whole historical oh, absolutely. aspect of it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> just because it'd be like, okay, what's going on here? This is like Merlin living in a uh, mansion in the 20th century, yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is just far, they're far te- technologically superior to the rest of the world, so uh, it'd be interesting, that's for sure, and Merlin wouldn't have to cook all his, di- or they wouldn't take so long to cook his dinner, yeah. that's for sure, you could just throw them in the microwave if yeah. you wanted to, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one, Andrew, good, good idea, um, if anyone has any ideas for futuristic Merlin, feel free to submit those as well, and we be more than happy to talk about them. Uh, I think that just about wraps up our show. Before we go, I'd like to remind everyone to like us on Facebook. Just search Merlin Cast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We actually got a couple more followers this week, so um, the easiest way to do that is to search Merlin Cast um, in the search bar on Twitter, and I think it'll bring up some of our tweets. It's our name is. At the Merlin cast, because apparently there's some guy on Twitter who his name's Merlin and he took the name Merlin oh. cast, so we weren't able to get that. But uh, so thanks, Merlin cast, for taking <laughs> that if you're listening. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it's if you have trouble finding us, there's a uh, one, one of our followers tweeted that she was having trouble finding us on there. Um, I think the easiest way is to search Merlin cast in the search bar. Um, you can go to our website. It's www.merlincast.blogspot.com. Um, and you can get all our latest news on there. You can Listen also to subscribe to our RSS feed yep. from there.
2: Oh, and uh, whoever, uh, whoever took whoever, whoever you are, if you are listening, that took the Merlincast name on Twitter. You know, we were just joking. No hard feelings. You keep the name. We're, we're, we're fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's a joke. Right. Um, yeah. Also, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh and feel free to review us on iTunes as well. We love to get reviews on there. We have a couple right now. Um And also, if you just
2: want to if you just want to post anything on our Facebook wall, you know, just anything, what you think about the show, uh suggestions for other segments, you know, whatever, you know, we we'll, we we'll, we'd love to hear your feedback. So, definitely do that if you can.
0: Yeah. We're more than we're more than willing to answer on any of our social networks, uh, and also you can email us at themerlincast@gmail.com, at and that's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Um, you can he- you can send in any any questions you have, any comments, any problems you have with our show. We'll be more than happy to try and fix them for you, and anything like that. Uh, if you have maybe if you're interested in hosting, um, you can send in an email with some info about yourself. And I believe that's about it. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed our show. We will be coming out with episode 6 of Merlin Cast, uh after the next episode of Merlin airs, which I believe is, I'm not sure what it's called, but I know it's about um, Arthur executing a man which causes a war between uh, Camelot and another large army looking at the pre actually
2: it's uh the episode will be called his father's son
0: just so you know. his father's son ladies and gentlemen um, so be sure to tune in to Merlin on Friday and then be sure to listen to us as well goodbye
2: right, you guys have a good week and we'll hope to see you next time